Did everyone have a nice lunch? Get to work now. This is a serious thing. I decided to. Does anybody watch um, Madam Secretary? Oh, yeah. Hello. Yes. I got black glasses because of her. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that they're going to have a new show coming out called Madam President. Oh, <laughs> I can't wait. Okay. So let's start um, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And it's really because 
He's a Jew and he's a man. And so there's a lot for us to learn here. The disciples are in town buying food. And Jesus stays behind because he wants to disciple her too. Jesus came back into the world to call all women and all men back to the Heavenly Father. And if you go to John, I think this was chapter 4, and or 5, it's one of those two, and you read that whole thing through, when the apostles, the first disciples, come back, they're amazed that Jesus is even talking to a woman. And this whole, this whole man-woman thing, the division, as I told you this morning, came about as a result of sin. And so when, when Christ came to call us back to the Father, he also came back to call us all into his body to serve him in the church. And it's just so important as women that we know that we have a spot and that we are called to serve in that spot. And it's Jesus Christ who calls us to this. And so Christ is visiting with her and he is revealing the truth to her about who she is and the fact that he is asking her for a drink. God is asking us to quench his thirst by loving him back with our life and by all of these acts of love that we do. And we might think, oh, you know, somebody can do it better than me. Or somebody smarter than me can do it. Or I don't have time for that. But what if this woman would have just looked at Jesus and said, I don't have time for that left? She didn't. And when he asked, he said, if you knew who you were talking to, you would ask me for a drink. And I have to tell you, I think sometimes God is waiting for us to ask him to fill up our emptiness, our thirst. I'm lonely, Lord. I need you to fill me up with joy, to fill me up with love, to fill me up with hope. I know this there's a lot of graces that we receive in prayer, going to our mass. All graces flow from the Eucharist. You know, the Eucharist is Jesus. So the Eucharist makes the church, and the church makes the Eucharist. Because without the priest, we don't have the Eucharist. But that's the beginning. It's the source and the summit of the life of the church. I think of Maximilian Colby, he's a priest who not only laid down his life to serve the church by giving the church the Holy Eucharist, by feeding us, but he literally laid down his life for a man in the concentration camp because the man wanted to go home and be with his wife and children. So, so when we see Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ is the true 
head priest of the whole church. He is the head of the church. And when our priests are acting persona Christi, they are acting during the sacraments as the person of Christ because Christ in them desires to take the bread and the wine and make it into himself so that we can what? Consume Jesus into us. And Pope John Paul II said, when we receive the Holy Eucharist with faith, we receive fire and light. Fire and light right into us because we receive Christ himself as love and gift. We receive the whole mystery right into us. And this is how we're going to be raised up from the dead, he said. <laughs> Why should we go to mass? <laughs> there you go. And, and I think this is so exciting to think that God loves us so much that he becomes bread so that we can, in a human way, take him into our very souls. <clears throat> And so what we want to remember is that we want to remember the great high priest, Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is our mark. If we make any human being our mark, like I said before today, if you want to find something wrong with anybody, you'll find it. Okay? Because no one has it all together. And no one has all the gifts. And so our priest and our pope and our bishops, they operate under the same guidance of the Holy Spirit as we do. And they are given gifts to help lead and shepherd the flock. But when they, and when they mess up, you know, it does not give us an excuse to mess up. Can I have an amen on that? Amen. All right, because this is the deal. Each and every person will give an account. And when I stand before heaven, before our Lord, he is not going to be asking me about any of these other people. He's just going to be looking at me. I'll be looking at him. Okay? And if somebody has harmed us, especially when someone is in a position of power, um, the Catechism of the Catholic Church Let's see if I can find it. I had it written here. Oh my goodness, I have so many else for you. The Catechism of the Catholic Church teaches that each person will give an account, and those who are in higher offices will render more of an account. Okay? And so we need to pray for all of those members of our church. But we also need to understand that every person is responsible 
for themselves and for their brother and for their sister. And Lumen Gentium said that at times the laity is to bring forward anything that they're concerned about to their priest. You have permission from the church if something concerns you or something is out of line and you're concerned, you not only have the duty but the right to bring your concerns to your pastors with love. This is so important, but it's also very important to understand that there's a lot of things that we bring to our pastors and to those who we are to help that are not important. And, we, and it's too much for them. I've worked with within the Catholic Church for 30 years, and they work hard, Many, many of our priests are very good, have never hurt anyone, and work very, very hard. And so we want to remember they are men. And there only is one God, and there's only one eternal high priest, and his name is Jesus Christ, and he is who we follow. And the reason why I say this is because so Many people are walking away from their faith because of scandal. And the scandal of the cross, and that circumvents all other scandal. Because what was the greatest sin? The cross. And what was the greatest victory? Jesus' resurrection. That's who we follow. So I literally had a priest say to me, I was very upset about something that had happened within the church. And it made me not want to go to church. And I was talking to this priest about it, and he looked at me and he said, who's your mark? Who's your mark? He said, Jesus Christ. If Jesus isn't going to show up at church, then it's okay for you to not show up at church. Otherwise, you need to what? Take your place. And don't you be letting anybody tell you that this church will not prevail against the gates of hell because she will stand. She will stand. Because she has the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Her, this bride will become a beautiful, beautiful bride. And God is asking all of us to participate in this one person at a time. In this scripture it says, not in the way of eye service, as men pleasers, but as servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, rendering service with a good will as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same again from the Lord. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 6 through 7.
God wants us to serve him. When I read this verse, I was like, oh, this is so important that I know this. God wants me and you to serve him, not as men pleasers, meaning like, I'm going to do this because it's going to make me look good. Or, I'm not going to do this because it might make me look bad. It's hard when the Holy Spirit is directing you to do something that you feel that you should do. How do I know that's from God? Well, I can tell you what. There's a lot of things that you can know if it's from God. Usually, if the Holy Spirit wants you to do something that you're uncomfortable with, it's from God. Because your initial reaction is, I want to do that. And if you say, I can't do that, do you think God cares? No, because he already knows you can't do that. He's asking you to do it not on your strength, but he's asking you to do it on the strength of the Holy Spirit. So one time I was asked to give a talk to a high school filled with boys. I was like, I don't know if I can do that. But I prayed and I said, I'll give it a shot. So as these teens came into this auditorium, I was like, I should never have done this. I, was, I felt like I was in high school again. I felt scared to death. I had already prayed and I said, I can't do this talk like I would do it if it was a whole bunch of high school girls coming in. And so when the boys all sat down, I was praying, I had my stuff there, but I, I just wanted to, I didn't know how exactly to start. And I had that same, for whatever reason, I had that same book in my purse that day, which is so odd. The hell book. <laughs> so I said to the boys, I said, hey guys, and I reached in my bag and I pulled it out. And I said, so what will help you, buddy? And then I put it down and I said, do you want to know? And they were just like, yeah. Like this whole auditorium filled with boys. Yeah, we want to know, lady. That's what one of them said. I said, okay. I started reading from it. And they were just like, I mean, it's just horrible. It's just horrible. I, I don't know if I have that today, but later. So anyway, and it's so funny. To, to, I don't talk about hell a whole lot, and I think we need to realize that. There's a very good chance, according to the scriptures, that it's for real. I mean, it's just so horrific. I was at the YMCA, and I took a swim the other day, and then I went to the sauna. And it's getting hot, and it's time for me to leave, and then all of a sudden I just thought for a minute, what if I could never leave this sauna? <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I do stuff like this because it renews my courage. <laughs> so anyway, um, what happened with this was that I just started to talk, I won't tell you the whole talk I gave it, but I started to talk about how the most important thing God was asking for them was to love God with their whole heart, their mind, and their soul, and to love their neighbor as themselves. And I said, all the girls in this high school are your neighbor. And they're all God's daughters. <laughs> and if you want to go to heaven, you better be 
treating the Heavenly Father. You better be treating his daughters the way the Heavenly Father is. Like, you're going to have a hard time getting in the door, and you should have seen their faces. <laughs> and they started to get it, you know? And then I told them, and if this warning isn't good enough, then just remember the next day that you're on my face saying,
had this priesthood who told me that when he got to meet Mother Teresa, she was so holy, he, want, she, he wanted to genuflect and would have if it would not embarrass her. So Christ wants to be so much in us that we become like him. And that is what the Holy Spirit, the lover and gift of life. And where is the Holy Spirit given again and again and again? At the Holy Mass. So before Jesus died, he had the Last Supper and he instituted the Holy Mass. Do this in memory of me. And the Holy Spirit was also given at Pentecost. So they gathered in the upper room and they prayed and they waited. They didn't even know what they were waiting for. And that is what God, that he wants you and I to know. I want you to come to me every day in prayer. Every day. And maybe you're like, well, why should I? Why wouldn't you not? You might not know what you're going to get. But believe me, the Spirit wants to get you prepared for whatever it is that he has for you to do. But we cooperate with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the Trinity, they do everything in union together, and they do it all collaboratively without ever offending each other. Which is good, because if they did offend each other, we could get dropped. <laughs> you know how God holds up the whole universe? Well, they got a big, you know, my imagination is so awful, but if the yoke and the Holy Trinity got into a really big super war, it would be tough down here. <laughs> because all of our planets would be just
though you walk through the fires of hell, I am at your side. And he wants us to know that his fire, the fire of the Holy Spirit, which descended upon the apostles at Pentecost, is the fire of his love, and the fire of that love is stronger and greater than any fires of hell or evil. And God has won that victory, and we have won this victory. And sometimes what we have to do is just stand. Just stand. Don't run away. Just stand and let God fight your battles for you. And he will fight our battles for us. He'll do them in the little battles of life, but he'll also do them in the great big battles for life. And so um, he wants to he wants to strengthen us. He wants to strengthen us. And let's just take a second right now, have everybody just just shut your eyes for a moment. Lord Jesus, we just ask you right now, just come. We know you're here, but come in a special way, Father. Send the Holy Spirit. Send the Holy Spirit upon each and every one of us. You promised us in Ephesians chapter 3 that you wanted to strengthen us in our inmost being. Help us to know the height and the depth and the length and the width of your great love for each and every one of us. That you call us by name. And Holy Spirit, we have received you at our baptism. We received you at our confirmation. We receive you every time we go to Holy Communion. We receive these graces that Jesus died to give us. And we ask you, Lord, that you would build up a mighty, mighty, mighty well within each one of our hearts. And just as that woman was at that well, so thirsty, and did not know how to ask you, even though we might not even know how to ask you, Jesus, for that living water, today we ask, the living water of the Holy Spirit to fill all of our hearts for where we most need that filling. And Lord, we ask that you would heal people here. You would bring a great healing of memories, of any very painful memories, of any shameful times. That you would bring healing to relationships, that nothing is impossible for you, Lord. Nothing. And the Lord wants us to know that He is all-powerful and almighty. All power in heaven and earth has been given unto you, Jesus. And that you can command anything you want. And so we ask, Lord, that you would command and send the Holy Spirit healing, for grace, for strength, and for wisdom, and for, practic for, for being like practical in situations, 
And the other sense I get is that the Lord wants you to renounce the spirit of condemnation if you have this in yourself. And what condemnation is in the, in the, in the dictionary is it means when you, um, I looked it up the other day, to condemn means, does somebody have a smartphone? Go ahead. He wants me to do this. <laughs> Just look up the word condemnation in your smartphone. We're going to read it. It's the spirit of condemnation. Whoever gets first wants prize. I know you guys like prizes. My internet is like shot here, so I don't know if it's going to be. Anybody got it? The expression of a strong disapproval or censure. There you go. Thank you. So the word condemnation means the expression of a strong disapproval. Your Heavenly Father never condemns you. He never disapproves of you. Jesus never disapproves of you. He always, always affirms your dignity and your goodness. Isn't that beautiful? And so, Lord, we thank you for this. We ask that we could be wise in your ways and wise in who we are so that when the enemy comes to quack in our ears, the opposite, that we would be able to say, no, no, I'm not going to think that way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Woofta. That, I've not done that before. I think there's some Holy Spirit stuff happening there. Okay, so here we go. Well, I have done that before, but not just like a little talk. I guess that's the way it is. Okay, so we have a little bit more time here. So I have a couple things. Um, does this help to be reviewed on all the ways that the Holy Spirit strengthens us? Okay, and so... We want to understand this because I think sometimes people make up excuses for not taking their prayer time, and it's just so important to sit with the Lord every day. And if you can do it in the morning, that probably is the best before you start your day. And one of the ways that I got better at this was I just, I just asked God to help me to want to pray. I said, you know what, it seems like all these things jump up to do. Like, you got to, for me, make lunches, get a load of laundry and um, organize what I'm going to wear that day. I mean, we're just, we get up early and it just seems like so, so often there's so much to do. But the truth is this, is that Jesus told Martha that Mary had chosen the better. And so what I started to do is I said, Lord, help me to just want to pray. And then help me to order my day in such a way that I won't get done everything I want to do, because that is serving the God of me, myself, and I. But I will get done that which you would have me do. And he knows that we're human and that we it's what's really interesting about allowing the Lord to lead you and help guide you through your day, is that he's actually a lot kinder to us than we are to ourselves. <laughs> I've noticed that I'm able to get out for more walks. I'm able to 
maybe sit down like and have a conversation. I was sitting over here and I was gonna work on some stuff and some people came over to talk and I just peacefully set it aside and visited with them and it was great. It really helped me with something that I actually need to remember to do. And so instead of seeing interruptions as a distraction from my work, I've learned to see that interruptions actually can be a distraction from the Lord. And he has never once asked me to do anything that he has not equipped me to do. And so sometimes I'll be like, okay, Lord. Like, I remember this one time I had to write a paper when I was getting my master's. And just the way that the paper came up, it was due. I had these two little kids. And I was like, this is the first time I learned this lesson. I said, Lord, you have always equipped me for what you want me to do. You knew this test was coming, even though I did not know it was coming. And so I'm just going to trust you, and I'm going to get this done. And it was on a chastity paper. And I went and grabbed my book off the shelf, Love and Responsibility by, um, by um, Pope John Paul II, who was a pope then. Carol, I can't even still say his name, sorry. You know, Carol Wotia. And, um, I opened it up, and here, the summer before, I had forgotten, I had started reading it, and I started start. always, when I read anything I like that I'll use in a talk, or for anything I stop three times, and if I really like it, I start three times and circle it. <laughs> I've been doing that for years, and anyway, um, here I had read a couple of chapters, and there was enough for me to do my paper on, and so I was able to sit down and do that paper, and I was shocked because I totally forgot that I had done that. But God had it forgotten, and God saw what was coming. And so when we abandon ourselves to his divine providence and really try to walk with him, we're just able to kind of slow down and not panic and then do what he wants us to do in the moment. Not on our power, but on his. And then he's able to work, he's able to work it all out. Because he might be having you set up to meet somebody, you know, on a corner, but he has been waiting to get you two to meet forever. But you are so frustrated because your kid's skirt is too short. <laughs> that you're going to miss that opportunity. You know what I mean? And this is what happens. You get so upset. Well, I'm just going to drive home right now and get that young lady and get her to the paper. <laughs> and that's how that's. You know what I'm talking about? Taking it into my hands. No, that's that. We'll deal with that. Stay calm. Give me time to work. Focus. Smoke, Gina. Smoke. That was my word. I finished what I had to do, and I wasn't distracted. They had a job to do. And so the Holy Spirit wants to teach us how to walk in His ways. Um, I will strengthen you. We must do our part. But the Holy Spirit wants to strengthen us. So I have to just tell you this story. When we were kids growing up, my mom and dad, like I said, there's a bunch of us. Neither of them knew how to swim. And so my dad just didn't know how because in his little country town there wasn't swimming lessons. He was a fun boy. Okay. My mother didn't know how to swim because she was scared to death of the water, always was. And she's really kind of, she's very um, um, vibrant and 
Always she would go skiing behind goats. <laughs> so she had that little jacket on, and she was a really good skier, you know, but she just was scared of the water. So she had to have that life jacket on, and she nothing to do with swimming, you know. So what happened was they had this little cabin, and she said one day us kids would just jumping in and out of the water and swimming and had so much fun, and she realized that she was getting cramps in her hands from hanging onto the guardrail, so afraid every time one of us would go down that we wouldn't come back up. And she just got tired of it, and so she said to my dad, that's it, let's go down to the Y, and both of us learn swim lessons. And I still remember her just saying, we have to, like, I remember her talking about this and saying, we just have to do this, Cliff, because if anything would happen to those kids and we couldn't jump in and save them, I don't know what I would do. And so this is Flipping across the lake, <laughs> pulling him in, 
command them to grab onto who? Jesus Christ. Command them. And we have to do it with faith. And where do we get our faith? If you, if you and I pray and do what we're supposed to do, we have enough faith. She only had one or two lessons, but she could save a drowning man. We, we are the laity. We, many of us are very small saints. Very small saints. God can do a lot with a whole army of small saints. He can save a lot of people. I think the reason why I say this is because I definitely see myself as a small saint. I told Jesus, if you want to make me holy and you want to make me a saint, good luck. <laughs> but you can do. I'm going to say yes to you as much as I can. And even when I don't want to say yes, help me to want to say yes. Or take it away. Take the desire away. Take the temptation away. Take anything away from me that would cause me to lose you or to lose what you want me to do for you. Because this life is so short. And when we get to heaven for all eternity, we will never, ever be able to do anything again for our Lord. Never. Because we will do everything. Everything will be love. There won't be the struggle. We won't need faith anymore, and we won't need hope anymore. It will be pure love, and we'll just be who we are and do who we are. It doesn't mean we're not going to do anything anymore. It just means that we won't. It will be a joy always. Because the fish, the fish, say, um, Catherine of Siena said, because the fish is in the sea and the sea is in the fish. The, the fish just swim in the ocean and have a good time. They don't struggle to do it. When we are in God, the more we become in God, the more we are able to do his will freely because it's not hard anymore. But God wants to stretch us, say, um, not say, but Pope Benedict taught do you have, he was talking about, do you ever feel like God just asks too much of you? Raise your hand. <laughs> Get up. Go ahead, don't be shy. And, and um, Benedict said that that's because he loves you and he's trying to stretch you because he wants to fill you with eternity. I'm like, oh my God.
At times, there's great sacrifice that's required to be his follower, and there's great losses, and at times, there's great suffering, um, especially in the areas of like sickness, and oh, just some of the things, some of the, oh, we know, right? And yet, God is present in those times to walk with us, to strengthen us. I remember one time when my son, he had gotten back from one of these youth conferences. And usually, this in the early days, I didn't know, like, a lot. And I did not get enough prayer coverage around our pilgrimages. And so I started with this really holy, wise priest, and I told him that, gosh, when we get back, we have so many things happen to our family. Gas tanks would dump over, and um, this particular trip, my my son was out biking with friends. They had a plan to bike from West St. Paul to the Mall of America, and they were on a back path, and they were going downhill really fast, and his front tire blew off. Yeah, and he his his precious face hit the ground. And it's so funny when the doctors came. Not funny. Sorry. So, when the doctors came out to see us after he was examined, they said, not a bone has been broken. Before I came into the room, my son heard me coming, and he said, Mom, it's not as bad as it looks. <laughs> he, he told me later he did not want me to come in the room, but his face looked like, Jesus, like the crowning of thorns, and the, because it was just really bad, except for, and the surgeon said, you know, it, nothing was, his bones weren't broke, we don't know if they do a skin graft or not, it just, we have to see how this heals, it was just pretty, pretty bad, and so I remember, we took him home, and, you know, we had his bed set up in the living room, and we had our medicine, and we're just, I'm just, and I remember I just kept praying for the Holy Spirit to be present, and I, I just so carefully, like, this is the word I put I just so carefully did everything I could do. Like, I cannot, like, I was, I was like, you have to stay calm, Gina, and you have to just do what you can do, and I just remember carefully, I don't know if this makes sense, but carefully shutting the curtains, carefully making his bed, bringing water, just just so carefully what I could do because he was so bad. And the peace that was there as those first three days, and praying that the Lord, if he wanted, and this is how you pray for what you want, if you pray, give me this, give me this, give me this, give me this, it's really out of anxiety and fear. So, we have to learn how to pray, Lord. If you want to heal him through the skin graft, 
it just could have been so much worse. It was such a bad fall. And his face all healed except for a tiny little scar. Just that one tiny little scar, no skin grab, nothing. So there's a story of this woman who went to a missionary in, in Africa. So I want to stay on this theme just for a minute of how do we pray to the Holy Spirit. This woman was had gone into um, Africa or China, I can't remember which one, but she had gone in there to do some missionary work. She was a single woman, and where they put her up was in a barn, and she was from the United States. And they put her in this little barn. There was a bed, and it was fairly neat, but it was filled with flies. And she said before she left to go out into the village to get her work, she, she said she yelled out my bed. And she said, Jesus, I am a spoiled daughter of the United States. I have always had a screaming porch. <laughs> Lord, I want you to either command these flies to leave this farm or help me to get used to flies. <laughs> and she left for her work. And when she came back that night, she said there was not one fly in the bar. Not one. And she stayed there just fine for while she did her work in that village. Okay? So we have to remember God can either give us the grace to accept what is happening, or he can give the grace to change the situation. But either way, he knows our limitations, and he's not doing anything to you. He wants to see if you'll use the power he gave you of the Holy Spirit to get through this situation. <laughs> and when we call upon his power and we help, we let him guide us through it, no matter what it is, then we have more grace and confidence for the next situation. Because whatever situation you're in now is preparing you for the next one, and the next one, for the next one. And then finally for eternal life itself. And, and that is what the that is what the Holy Spirit wants us to do. Another thing that I think is really important in the Holy Spirit, I just have a few minutes left, so I want to make sure that I finish strong here, is that there are things in our lives that stop us from growing in the Holy Spirit. And they're blocks. It's called a block. And you have to identify what those blocks are, what's keeping you down. Because we really, God wants us to enjoy our life. He wants us to be happy. And so if we're feeling sad or blue or like even the snowstorm that happened again, people are so upset. I was like, I think it's pretty. You know, it's, you know yeah. And they're like, hasn't it been enough? I know I know, but you know what? He's kind of had most of us because it's all melting on the ground as it falls. <laughs> but it's kind of like he wants us to enjoy our life. And so if we see something or notice something that's blocking us, if we can just say to hack with it and move forward, we should. And if we can't do that, if it's really held us back, then we have to pray and we have to find somebody that we can talk to or get some counseling, but deal with it. And then to hack with it, let it go. Because everything is moving. And we are all, Catherine of Siena said, every, God told her this, I love this. God the Father told her that every human being on the face of the earth is heading towards eternity 
They are on the brink of it, and they should get ready. <laughs> it's kind of like when you go home tonight and your house is a mess because you've been here all day. Just think about it. How do those Israelite children, what would they have not done that day if they knew they were hanging out in a few hours, right? Relax. Put your feet up. Think about what you learned today, you know? And, and it'll come. The housework, getting everything ready, doing everything that you have to do. But pray and ask the Lord to order it and do it in Him instead of that frantic. Because there's not going to be frantic about it at all. Everybody, everything will, is okay already. It's okay today. And then the last thing is, is that God promises, I will help you. I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. I will help you, I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. God is good. Everyone is essential. He's calling all of us. He has already won our victory. Everything that I am carrying in my life and you are carrying in your life that Pope Francis and the church is carrying everything, our Jesus Christ has already won the victory. And so we always have to say, Lord, this looks so horrific. Just like your death on the cross, the state of the world at times looks so horrific. Abortion, the breakup of the family, scandal in the church, the sickness, the illness, it looks so horrific. But just as you rose from the dead, your bride will rise. And then that will happen. We have already won victory because you are in us and we are you. And the time right now is to gather as many people into the ship, into the church, that's what we got to focus on. Do not keep looking at the news if you watch the news every day. We need to keep our eyes on the Lord, not on our enemies. Okay? Most of us, think about the children of Israel. If they kept looking at their enemies, would they have crossed the Red Sea? No, they had to be about packing up camp, gathering up their children, gathering everyone in, following Moses. And so we have to be about following Jesus and taking care of everyone that he has put under our place. We have to take our place like the Blessed Mother and the Twelve Disciples and the Twelve Apostles and all the saints and the angels and everyone's doing their thing. What's your thing? What's my thing? And let's do it. And then, when we all are together one day in heaven, we are going to go, oh, you're kidding. <laughs> and it is going to be an endless party. Endless. And we are going to be born into eternal life, a life that will never be taken from us and was already with us. And he promised us this in the end of the Bible in Revelation. He said, I will wipe every tear from your eye, and you will ask me no questions. 
we're all going to be like, <laughs> Amen. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, it is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. All right, I just wanted to give a couple of pieces of direction. So we'll just take a short break right now, I think about 10 minutes. Um, and we'll meet back here, actually closer to 8. So back at 2.15, we'll do a little Q&A with Gina, and then we're going to head into our final prayer time. And so you have just a few minutes of break. <laughs>